from One World Trade Center, where we can't figure out a 401k, but we can fill out a fancy lineup. Welcome to the Golf Digest Fantasy Podcast. Welcome back to the Golf Digest Fantasy Fix Podcast. This is a special week, obviously, being the U.S. Open at Oakmont. And I am joined once again by Joel Beal, but this time Joel is actually on site at Oakmont. So uh, I'm missing seeing his, uh, well, not his smiling face. He's always got a frown, but I'm missing seeing him right next to me. But but I'm going to hear his lovely voice right now. Joel, let's welcome you in. How's it going out there? I hope you're being facetious because (laughs) if you're... (laughs) If you're not, I feel really bad because I've been enjoying my vacation from you. Fantastic. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Well, anyway, we reunite today once again for the latest edition of this um, quickly growing fantasy podcast. Let's just call it that. And, uh, you know, obviously we're expecting uh, just a great test this week at Oakmont. Everyone, I think, is really excited. Well, at least I think we're excited to watch more so than the players having to deal with this course. But um, what have you seen since you're out there? What, what are you uh, kind of feeling? What are you excited about? When I entered the grounds, I was expecting the rough to be actually be a tad hyperbolic. I didn't think it was as bad as people were making out to be. I knew there were spots mm-hmm. where you could lose your ball or you couldn't see your shoelaces. <laughs> they aren't kidding around. It's really that bad, and... Unbelievably, they, the day I saw, I, I came in on Monday, and that was when they actually cut the grass. So they're planning on cutting it one more time, the rough, but it's supposed to rain on Thursday and Friday, which is going to make it tough to get mowers out over mm. the weekend. It, there, there are literally spots of the course where if you're two or three yards off the fairway, it's going to be a shovel deep and find your ball. Wow. So wow. All, everything we heard about the emphasis on the tee shot, off the tee shot accuracy, mm-hmm. it, it could, not be, could not be more true. Mm-hmm. So. Um, really, it's going to come down to the pin location. These greens are absolutely ginormous. Um, the contours, I think everybody knows about, and the speed as well. But it, there is so little room to miss on the greens that it's, everyone says you're going to need to be a really good putter to win this league. I think it's also going to come down to ball striking. It's one of those courses where it's better to be, let's say, five or six feet left. Or I'm sorry, 15 or 16 feet left than be three or four feet right if that makes sense on a few pins so hmm. it's all about where you miss it, it's i think we said even far we'd be surprised if that wins i think that's a good i think that's going to hold up i'd be surprised if they want to finish their spread numbers this week wow yeah you know it's funny whenever we talk about rough i think everybody thinks about uh tee shots and and people struggling to put the ball in the fairway but the, the rough a lot of the times that we're seeing when people are instagramming and snapchatting and, and losing balls is really some of the thickest rough is around the green. So it's going to be these iron shots where guys are just going to, they miss, like you said, you might as well miss it, have a 60 foot putt. If you miss in the rough, but you're just, you're near the pin, you're short sided. I mean, you are dead. You, you might, like you said, have trouble finding your ball. So it's going to be an interesting test. And you mentioned the rain. It's funny because you'd think, Oh, well that'll soften the fairways. Maybe that'll help players find the fairway more. And that might be true, but yeah, you mentioned that will make the rough even thicker. So I don't know about you, but I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing these guys get beat up a little this week, and um, I don't know. It's 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 kind of my. I know we talked about this on the the other podcast, but uh, I, I really enjoy this tournament every year, and this should be a classic U.S. Open. And, and just speaking of that, I saw it twice. Not granted, they, they were college guys out here, but I mean, so many the U.S. Open, so clearly they know what they're doing. 
Uh, but they were just trying to chip back out in the fairway, and they couldn't do it. That's how thick the rough is. They, they literally wow. dumped their chip, shot, chip outs. So and wow. I, I don't think they're going to be alone in that endeavor this week. So Jeez. you're ready to see some high, number, high numbers that have gone over the weekend. The only saving grace you mentioned the rain, maybe you can have some guys go low. If they do find their fairway, you might be able to speak a little bit, but it's also going to be very firm over the weekend. So if, if you're going to score, it's going to be Thursday or Friday. Okay. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, get going with some of the guys we like. Who uh, who are you starting with this week? Who Who's at the top of your list? The guy who really jumps out is, this is a little off the beaten path, is Harris English. And Whoa. we just talked okay. about, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen to it. Uh, there's, there's reason. There's reason for it. When we just talk about it, you really need accuracy. That's the one who doesn't really fit Harris English's game. In terms of strokes gained off the tee, he's, he's 155th on tour. Um, not, he doesn't lack distance. He hits well, nearly 300 yards, actually 33rd in driving distance. But the accuracy isn't great. However, does sound like English is going to put the keep the big stick in the in the bag for the best part of the week. It sounds like he's going to be hitting a lot of three wood and iron in that percentage. Now, it's a small sample size, so he he actually finds the fairway at a pretty high rate. Um, but the reason I really like English this week is he is lights out on the green. He is eighth in strokes game putting. Uh, he's a guy who really knows not only how to put the ball in the hole, but also he, he stays away from the three putts. I think not, I think Sam brought this up maybe last week on our fantasy podcast or on our US Open podcast. It's not necessarily going to be the guys who make the nine or ten footers. It's going to be the guys who avoid two, the three footing from 20 feet. And that's something English has done at least all the way to this year. If you look at his records from the last three or four years, this is an aberration. I think English is the guy who really high odds. I think he's in like 125 to one. If you're looking for uh, out there, if you're looking for hit a home run with somebody, I think English is the guy to look at. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was definitely going to go a little more chalk with my first couple picks. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I, I'm just getting the feeling more and more that this is finally going to be Dustin Johnson's time. And I liked his answer recently when people brought up Chambers Bay again, and he said something to the extent of, you know I've played 20 freaking events since since that. And, you know, it's the same thing with Jordan Spieth. I think people are really harking a little too much on, um, you know, the past and not focusing on how well this guy is playing right now. It seems like he's in contention on a weekly basis he has not won in uh, the past 15 months, but he has racked up a ton of top 10s and a ton of top 5s of late. And, you know, I think you can make an argument that he is the best uh, driver of the golf ball. And you mentioned you don't need to hit driver on a lot of the holes here. I know there's five holes under 400 yards, par 4. But if he's feeling it with the driver and he does choose to, to stay aggressive and he has one of those on weeks, his accuracy with that length uh, is just going to serve him so well, and and again, just he's got just so much talent to not win a major, and and um, coming so close last year, obviously we're kind of be a nice redemption story, but uh, but more so, I, I really think he's he's kind of the guy to beat right now. No, it's not one. The riders try their damnedest. He's not going to talk about 2015. Yeah, it was great. I, you know, I I think he literally is not. He's not avoiding the question to him. He's really got past it. Yes, like exactly. It. But yeah, I, I think when Johnson says he's over it, he, he's not just blowing smoke up our butts. He legitimately doesn't think about it. And I think he also has a point. There has been so many. I know it's a fun narrative for us to talk about, but he legitimately has played all these tournaments since then. That and play, and played well in him as well. Um, but then also going back, uh, you mentioned it's not long for. I saw uh, Johnson twice in the practice rounds hit irons harder than guys in his group were hitting drivers. So <laughs> if, if he 
if he hits a, you know, say a two or three iron, if he hit two eighty or two ninety, that's all you really need on this course, and that's right. what keeps to keep him out of the rough. I think when you look at it in that in that realm, Johnson, you're right. I think he's one of the two or three guys you would pick to, to be to be in the mix on Sunday. Yeah, and keeping with my chalk theme, I'm, I'm also. And again, a part of this is because I did place that sucker bet on him. But I, I really do like Rory. He's another guy like Dustin. It seems like he's so close to just winning a bunch of tournaments. He's had all these top finishes. Now, he did win the Irish Open, obviously, but he hasn't won on the PGA Tour in over a year. And um, again, I just think that this course is going to test all facets of people's game. You know, people think, oh, hit fairways, hit greens, that's the U.S. Open. But you're going to have to putt extremely well here, as we mentioned. You're going to have to chip extremely well here. Um, you're going to have those short par fours where, you know, you have that risk-reward option. You're going to have the beastly par fours that you're going to have to get through. Again, I think Rory's game sets up to kind of take on all those challenges. And with that putter switch, uh, the, with the grip switch to the conventional grip and having that best statistically putting week of his PGA Tour career – at Memorial, I think he's coming in with more confidence than he has in any recent major. So again, I have him at eight to one odds. I'm holding on to that slip. Um, you know, he's down to seven to one now. Not that, that that's big a difference, but I really do like him to to make a move um, of of the big three guys. He's my guy. I think he's on the head. It's, it's coming in with a load of confidence on the greens. And remember, he did win uh, over on the European Tour at, at the Irish Open just yeah. you know, in the past month. Uh, what I also like about Rory is he, he leads, leads the tour and, and strokes gain off the speed by a very wide margin over guys like Bubba, Dustin Johnson, right. uh, Justin Rose, someone who you know a lot of people like this week, mm-hmm. um, and then Ricky Fowler. So I think sometimes we tend to think Rory is a little wild off the drive. It, it's honestly, it's more of the really big moments at the Masters when he was kind of all over the place. The rest yep. of the year, he's actually been really good off the tee. Um, I'm with you. The, the one thing that worries me about Rory is he's so – you know, at least historically, I'm front these these roller coaster rides. Um, right. I, I do worry that where, let's say, if you'd make a bogey at you know Augusta, at least the way he would make bogey, he'd be hitting all over the place. That's not going to be a bogey at Oakmont. That could be a triple, mm-hmm. and that's what kind of worries me. Can he avoid the double? Can he avoid the triple? Um, and if that's the case, I, I, Jason Day said earlier in the week that he, he thinks Oakmont sets up for a possible runaway winner. Hmm. I think we want to be heard that they thought day but honestly i think rory's teams it sets up better to Oakmont than days does at, at least that where both are and that's thanks in the way jason days played this year yeah I mean, rory just seems to get off to these slow starts too that's the thing i mean all these high finishes are these backdoor top 10 top fives he did it last year at chambers bay when he caught fire on sunday he made that run up the leaderboard and and that was you know that course was playing pretty tough as well not nothing like oakmont but He's just so explosive, but yeah, he. We always say he's the most likely guy to shoot a thirty or a forty. Um, but at, at Oakmont, is that could that forty be a fifty? I mean, that's the, you're right. I mean, that that's the only thing that that's uh, that scares me as well. But uh, so, I still so like one thing. Also, add in that is, and uh, our our colleague and friend Shane Ryan had a great piece. I think a few weeks ago. I'm, I'm sorry, it was. No, you're wrong. Shane's still our friend, but I actually think it might have been Brian Wacker. Mm. One of those two guys. You know, I get mixed up. They're all all correspondents are the same to be. Um, they mentioned it had a good story on Rory's ability at the wedges. And when, when people would look at it, McElroy struggled. I think it was at the Players' Championship. People would say it was a short game. Really, it was a lot of his approach shots. I watched Rory on the range a little bit. And the look between his coaches and some of his handlers, everyone's kind of nodding to each other. Like, man, if these wedges are dialed in on Thursday and Friday like they are right now, he could, he could be doing stuff. So 
Um, yeah, that's something I watch going forward. Tom McElroy plays from 120 yards and in. If, it's, if the range range plays any indication, I, I think we're going to see good things. Okay, so other than Harris English, who that really did stun me. What? Who else? Who else are your other big guys this week that you're looking at? I think if Harris English is listening to this right now, he's even stunned. But uh, <laughs> the other guy that popped out a little bit more of a bigger name is Louis Zuzason. Hmm. Not really coming in hot. He's missed three of the last five cuts, um, including at Nelson and, and Colonial. That's two places that you would think with that first game. Um, but Zuzason's performance just, it just screamed Oakmont. Um, really good off the tee. He's 16th in strokes gained off the tee. Um, very good around the greens as well. Uh, he, he's 17th in terms of tee to green. Um, and his putting, his putting has actually been really bad this year, but it, it's, a, it's a very small measure round. It's only 18 rounds, this, this stroke game's playing. So it's really kind of fell down to one or two really bad rounds. Uh, he, he's very accurate this tee shot. He, he's at 63% of his fairways this year. He's very, he's very strong off the tee in, in terms of distance. He's been there before, not only obviously winning at St. Andrews, but he's been in the in a host of other majors as well. Uh, this is a guy who I think he's actually kind of going under the radar. Uh, but but if we're looking for a top tier name, who I think is a safe bet for a top ten finish, two days guy triple. Okay, um, a guy who I would have thought would be a safe top ten bet, and you mentioned him briefly earlier. You said his name is Justin Rose. However, a back injury has forced him to pull out of the memorial and and another event and now he he arrives this week and there's there's some questions around him now he actually finished tied for 10th at oakmont in 2007 he obviously won the u.s open 2013 i'm just reading um an article by our colleague dave shedlowski who's on on the grounds there and he's saying that you know rose said he's 100 percent, but he kind of grinned and said you can read between the lines so to me that is a clear signal that he is not 100 percent, and thus um, you know, I had him up, I think, as maybe the my he was number four in my U.S. Open rankings before this back injury came out. I dropped him out of the top ten, and now that I know that, I'm I'm definitely keeping keeping him out of as well. And I think with good reason. Well, again, you go, uh, you really can't overstate how malicious this rough is. Yeah, if he is really right, uh, it really is. If someone, uh, Michael O'Malley had a really good point of. It's, it won't be better if you hit it into the water because at least in the water you can drop it onto dry, you know, dry ground, <laughs> uh, fairway ground. Right. It really is that penalizing. And the reason we say with Rose is if, if he has this, you know, this bad of a back, one, all it takes is this one swing that club getting caught up to send the jolt, jolt through the, the legs of the back. And if that is, if that's the case, I, I mean, he'd be done. So, um, yeah, if, if he was healthy, I, I really do think he'd be a top five guy this week. But, in in those formats, I, I keep Rose on the bench. Um, who else do you got? So this is a, it's becoming a very hot name, and with good reason. That's Hideki Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. He's a guy we've talked about a few times this year, actually. Uh, I think a lot of people just love his approach game. Um, there's really only a handful of guys who are better with their iron on the Matsuyama. He has the uh, propensity to get really hot, and when he's when he's hot, like we saw at the Players Championship, very few guys can match him. The thing with Matt Young, he's got a little bit of McElroy in him. When when things go south, he's not the greatest at kind of pumping the brakes and keeping keeping the damage limited. Um, but he does, has played well on the big stage before. Finished seventh in the Masters. Uh, it, it, putting is, even though it's not the greatest, it, it does, it's not a detriment by any means anyway. And like I mentioned, you know you'll hear that a, a great putter is what it's going to take to win this week. I, I Personally, I'm I'm siding with guys who are, who are better with, with the approach game. And, I mean, that Matsuyama is the paragon of that sentiment, and 
I think he's at 30 to one right now. If that, uh, those odds are still out, I'd grab him in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know, I can see that. Um, I just uh, he gave left me with a bad taste in my mouth after his finish at the Masters and at the Players both times. So in the two biggest events this year, he has been right in contention on Sunday. And uh, both times he's just come out and not only had a bad day, but just right off the bat, those first few holes, he's just, you know, got on the bogey train early and just disappeared off the leaderboard. So, again, I, I also kind of amplifies that is he doesn't he doesn't hide his emotions well when things go south. Yeah. You get his position noticeably, you know, shoulders slump. He does a head shake, looks at the caddy like, the, you know, the caddy took the wrong club. Yeah. But, and now, I'm not going to make an comparison on that sense, but. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Jason Day in the sense that he's getting so close that it's just a matter of keep getting these reps. And if you keep staying in contention, eventually you're going to break through. So he, he's that, not the player that Day was last year when he was so close to the U.S. Open, so close to the British Open. But I, I feel like Matsuyama is really nearing that echelon. Though. So um, I, I do think Matsuyama is a guy who will, who will go low this week, and I, I wouldn't be surprised Sunday he's within two or three shots to lead. That's a good point. I mean, you're right. You, you do have to get through those hurdles and, and get in there enough times to win. You mentioned Day, but I don't think he's the, the same putter, obviously, as Day, but but you're right. He's a great ball striker, and, um, well, at least through 54 holes, yes, I, I could see him contending here. But uh, you brought up odds, and that made me think I wanted to mention a couple guys who I think their odds are uh, pretty good value right now, and one of those is Zach Johnson. Now, Zach Johnson has one of the most – crazy u.s open records you could imagine i mean if you looked up zach johnson you would not believe how bad he has been in the u.s open he's missed the cut five times in 12 appearances um i think a t30 is his best appearance ever he did make the cut here in 2007 t45 so why do i like him well he's 60 to 1 odds um that's pretty good for the defending british open champ a guy who's also won a masters so we know he can putt on slick slick greens and also, you know, as I mentioned, the 2007 leaderboard at Oakmont, it was, you know, you got a nice mix there of big hitters and short hitters. And certainly that shows that this is the type of course with those shorter par fours uh, that Zach Johnson can can still survive on and do well. So I like Zach Johnson, 61. Another guy who finished runner up here in 2007 is Jim Furyk. I know he had the wrist surgery. He's only played in a few tournaments since coming back, but still. This is his favorite tournament, and this is basically in his backyard, uh, the Pennsylvania native. He is 80 to 1 this week. So if you're looking for a couple longer odds, guys, uh, those would be my picks. Talk, talking on Johnson, I, I think in what we saw at St. Andrews last year, when some of the guys really had struggled with that weather delay and, and the conditions going from one end of the spectrum where it looked like scoring records were going to be broke on Thursday and Friday to mm-hmm. all of a sudden guys were struggling to make par on Saturday and Sunday, or Sunday and Monday, I should say. I think you could see that. That could be the same same type of environment here on the dynamic on Thursday and Friday of low scores, and then Saturday and Sunday getting tough. The fact that Johnson has that experience in terms of facilitating victory in those conditions, I think really could play to his advantage. He's also, if you look at the stats, he's kind of getting a little bit of distance this year. Not a lot, but I, he's a guy who, and he's kept his accuracy. If that's the case, all of a sudden he does look like a guy who, if you hate to say a safe bet for a top ten in U.S. Open, especially with that record, you you just say it. But Johnson just seems like a, a, a almost a guarantee, especially if you look at none of the 
um, daily fantasy odds. He's a very cheap option. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for an economical route, I, I think Zach Johnson, I, I'm, I concur with you. I think it's a good pick. Yeah, and, and I think they're factoring in, as they should, this terrible record. But again, Oakmont, yes, it's a classic U.S. Open test, but again, it also is not just that brute of a course that uh, you need that that extreme length to kind of conquer. He he, You don't need that at Oakmont. And um, again, I think part of that record, I don't know, I can't explain it. I mean, we talk about Zach Johnson as being one of the ultimate grinders in the game, and the U.S. Open is the ultimate tournament where you need to grind. I it's it's very odd he he's he hasn't done that much, but um, again it, wouldn't be also, surprised. Oakmont's a very you know singular experience, very unique. Right. To US Open right. So even if he doesn't have the greatest of track records, I don't think we can make that correlation. Yeah. From past events to here. Now I know you have a couple guys with uh, slightly longer odds that you want to pump up as well. So who are those? Yeah, the first one is Matthew Fitzpatrick at eighty to one. I am shocked that is still at eighty one after he won the European Masters just two weeks ago. In blowout uh, fashion, too, by the way. Yeah, easy win. And, and and this is not. This wasn't just an aberration. This, this is the guy who led the European Tour last year in top ten finishes. He's only 20, 21 years old. Had that really good Sunday this year at the Masters, mm-hmm. been tied for seven. Uh, clearly, he's on the big stage and performed well. All. I think the biggest testament is you talk to some of the European guys on the range. And anytime they, you know, you, I mean, you've been there, Alex, when you, when you talk to some of these guys, they, they really don't get excited about much, especially, especially when they're talking about games other than their own. But mm-hmm. when you bring this back to name up, all their eyebrows kind of raise up. Yeah, this guy's going to be something. Hmm. I, I, it's going to be tough because he doesn't have the open experience going to play once. But he, he did finish uh, in 2014, was below amateur, tied for 48. He's kind of grown up in these type of dish, kind of rough swimming conditions in Europe. Um, Fitzpatrick's the guy who he's going to surprise. Don't get me wrong; if it happens, if he wins, it's going to be a surprise. But at, at the same time, the people who really know the game won't be shocked. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick's the guy eighty to one. I, I think you have to jump on. Yeah, eighty to one with him, eighty to one with Furyk. I think they're both equally uh, getting under under respect, disrespected right now with with the, by the bookies, but. And uh, anybody else you want to mention? And well, this is just a sentimental pick, but Matt Kuchar, he's playing so hot right now. Hmm. I know he's. We, we mentioned with Zach Johnson, Matt Kuchar's had just as bad as the U.S. Open record, um, but he, he's just a guy who he just seems like he wants it so bad. He, he he's coming in, I think, four consecutive top six finishes and really good tournaments as well. Um, his driving worries me a tad. But he's also another guy who does seem like he's going to be hitting a lot of three or a lot of irons this week from the seat. Uh, if he can keep it anywhere near the green, his short game will, will definitely make him a factor. Um, plus, uh, so, well, those, I think the crowd outside of here, I think the crowd would go nuts if Peter's anywhere mm-hmm. near the lead on Sunday. And I think you, this is it's like a pretty rowdy atmosphere for the most part, which is kind of surprising. You don't associate that with Oakland. Uh, but uh, I think I mean, maybe the crowd in his corner could make Cooch, could make Cooch a little bit of a dark horse coming into Sunday. Two other names I just wanted to mention quickly. Brooks Kepka coming off back-to-back runner-up finishes. Uh, you know, has a T4 at Pinehurst a couple years ago at the U.S. Open, so you know he likes this kind of, uh, you know, gritty tournament. Um, clearly he has the length to take on any course. Uh, I like where he's headed right now, obviously. Took him maybe a little bit of an adjustment period when he made the switch to Nike this year. He's playing great. And also Brandon Grace. Another guy like a Danny Willett type who's hanging around the top ten in the world ranking, but who nobody 
is talking about. Although we're not talking about Danny Willett either, and he won the Masters. I just realized that. But but another but Grace Grace almost won the U.S. Open last year. You know, he hit that tee shot onto the train tracks on 16, or we would have been talking about him stopping Jordan Spieth last year. So. Fortunately for him, he played him, well at the PGA Championship as well. And what exactly, we saw at Day, Exa- what we saw at Chambers Day wasn't just a one-off show. Exactly, this guy's a, he's legit. Um, but it's funny you mention that because on some of the betting sites, one of the matchups they have is Grace versus Kepka, which I think is a really that more thing about it. Stay away. By the way, Kepka, I, I stood by him in the range for about ten minutes. I had to go because I had to question my own answer. He was hitting three points, like three hundred and ten <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. He's a beast. But. um yeah, Grace won at Hilton Head also this year, and uh, there are no train tracks. I don't think that close, at least at Oakville. I know there's a train nearby, but hopefully Grace can avoid that at this major. There is, there is the turnpike that basically the turnpike. Does, uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know what's but funny? Other than that, he's doing good. Yeah. You know what's funny? I just realized we barely talked about Jordan Spieth, who, by the way, has contended at five straight majors. So I'm probably going to be kicking myself again for underestimating him. In the biggest events, he does seem to always show up. And we haven't really talked that much about Jason Day. So, I don't know. What gives, Joel? Well, speed, I think we might. It's just weird because I feel like we talk about speed. I think everyone just assumes we like speed this week. How about that? Because yeah. What, what's, the, what's his worst finish in the last five majors? The fourth? Fourth. And that, was, and that was out of a playoff by a shot. That by fourth. a yeah. shot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he... I, let's just go ahead and assume that we like to win speed this week. Jason Day, though, is an interesting interesting find because he does come in as the world's number one player, and guys, what, won seven out of his last 18. Mm-hmm. He does play, he's another guy who said, he, during his press conference today, he doesn't know how much he's going to hit driver. He, uh, on a couple of holes, he hit two iron and liked where he was. He had a two iron, four iron in the green. He, hmm. He'd rather do that than be in the rough. But I guess what just kind of worries me is, you know, you already, you know he already says he, he wasn't feeling you know, great he, he did mention those claims were a little exaggerated he does look always good in the end of it but it just seems like there's a little something there and it's weird i i can't even put my finger on it just if i had to pick which one of the big three i like this week i think they would be my third pick in, in terms of yeah I, I, not even just because i like rory and Pete that much but something about this course just doesn't that it doesn't seem like it's going to set up well for today keep this in mind when he wins by like seven strokes by the way that <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't have a lot of conviction in making him my number one, hey, this is the guy you have to have in your lineup there. Right, right. All right. Well, um, Joel, enjoy the week out there. I'm sure you will have some great food in the media center um, that I'll be missing. But, uh, yeah, we miss you. Yeah. We miss you back here in New York, man. Well, you know, I have that type of presence where I leave a void. <laughs> uh, but. Also, uh, this has been a good run because I just realized after picking against Jason Day, this could be our last fantasy podcast before we're fired. So, uh, <laughs> if that's the case, uh, you know, thank everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. I went on a limb. You, I'm you sorry did, to Jason Day, if he if he blows up. So, <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, that that will wrap it up for us. Uh, enjoy the U.S. Open this week. Good luck with your picks. Uh, remember what Joel said about Harris English when he misses the cut. But um, we wish everyone good luck in their pools or their fantasy leagues or, or whatever have you. And please uh, feel free to reach out to us. Hit us up with questions on Twitter. I'm at Alex Myers 3 Joel is at Joel M. Beal. There you go. And uh, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes. Enjoy the golf this week at Oakmont. See you next week.